With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. All right, shalom, shalom. Good to see everybody tonight. Going with no background this evening. Beautiful home. Okay. All right, so I'm going to go ahead and launch into our meeting. We're recording it for those who aren't able to make it here tonight. So I'm going to screen share from over here. Oh, let's back up. Father, we just ask your blessing upon tonight, upon this work, this project, um, and everything that is attached to it, Father, we ask that you would bless the people that are here this evening to help them increase their understanding and knowledge and passion for your holy tongue, and that I would be a good vessel in my own faltering way of your love and your light and your truth in and through the words that I'm teaching. Father, let my words be your words, and let your will be mine, Father. In your holy name I pray, and in the name of Yeshua HaMashiach, we pray all these things. Got to start with prayer, so essential. All right, so we're going to do lesson six tonight. And yeah, good, that's okay. All right, so um, last night, or yes, well, should have been Friday, we had our Shabbat break, um, and I 
was hoping to do a class Friday. And it's funny because when I was planning it, father kind of gave me a little whisper. He said, you know what? Friday's preparation day. It's going to be full. Maybe don't have classes on preparation day. And I was like, ah, it's just a little 20 minutes. I'll make it a short class. Um, it was just going to be these two letters. And I thought I can squeeze it in. Um, but he knew better. I ended up running into a friend and helping him deliver some materials um, that he needed for his farm and things, one thing led to another. And by the time it was uh, time to get home, it was already sun going down and I had preparations still to kind of get in order um, before Shabbat. So that's why we didn't have class Friday. Um, but we will wrap up this week on Thursday instead. So we're just shifting everything over. So this would have been Friday's class, but today is first day class. So lesson six, the prince enters in. And we're going to talk about the letters Dalet and Reish. Oops, let's play this. This one's always in the way. Oh, I can move it. Oh, that's handy. Figuring out new things every day. All right. So this is lesson six. The prince enters in, and the letters we're going to be studying this in this lesson are Dalet and Reish. And you'll see why that makes it the prince entering in. So again, just to quickly review the basics of Hebrew, remember always right to left, not left to right. Seems more appropriate anyway. To, um, also all the, uh, oh gosh, I can never have my mouse when I do this. Let me see. Um, admit Eugene. All right, um, 22 letters are consonants. The Nikudot supply the vowel sounds but are not found in most modern Hebrew. And as I've discussed, this is, um, probably a blessing when we're dealing with the ancient manuscripts too. It allows us to see things in multiple ways. On the other hand, we come to points in the translation uh, committee. We had a couple of them tonight where those Nikudot would have made a big difference in helping to clarify what was being said. But um, in any case, we do need to learn them for the study of biblical Hebrew because they are there in the Tanakh. All words go back to a three-letter shoresh or root word, even when it's a hollow root and appears to only have two letters, it's intentionally um, open and flexible, and there are three letters altogether. So the first letter we're going to look at tonight is Dalet. Dalet is the door. And when we look at the Paleo-Hebrew, it doesn't look much like a modern door. But when we understand how the Hebrew people lived in a nomadic culture, it's very much how their doors would have looked because they would have been two curtains that came together and were rolled up and pulled apart and made kind of this triangular opening. So that's what those little extensions are from the side of the triangle. Um, those are the, the holding pieces, the curtain holders, so to speak. Um, as we move down, we see the, the Isaiah scroll looks very much like the number four. And this is significant because it is the fourth letter in the Hebrew alphabet, and as such represents the number four, the numeric value of four. And we can see that very clearly in the progression of the number. Um, the modern letter itself looks very much like the leish, and that's why we're going to learn them together. But what we'll notice is there's this protrusion, this little elbow, if you will, on the back um, top side of the dialect. So um, always remember to look for that. And it gets a little murky when you're dealing with manuscripts, but luckily in the Tanakh, it's pretty cut and dry. Um, it's either a leish or a dialect, and there's not a whole lot of room for air. Um, but you do need to learn to start it, kind of key in, hone in on that key characteristic to distinguish it from a, a leish. Um, certain words, for instance, the word achal, um, and then you have the word achad, and it's exactly the same, just one ends with the leish and one ends with the dalet. And so being able to identify the difference between those two is key. Um, it is another one of the bigad kapat letters, so you may see it appear with a little dot. But as with the gimel, um, which we discussed 
last week, the Dagesh call does not change its sound. Um, it's with, as in the same way the Gemel is believed that there was this other, uh, we understand that there was this other letter that represented that sound. Um, the, the absence of the Dagesh call, um, it is believed indicated a softer duh sound rather than just duh, duh, that hard D was like duh, duh. Like if you put your teeth or your tongue up at the top of your teeth, duh, duh, right? Um, but in modern biblical Hebrew, there is no differentiation whatsoever. They're exactly identical. Now, there is a little bit of distinction in the different dialects, but nothing. Um, the Leish and the Kaf Sofit also both have a similar form. So, um, again, we discussed that already, that um, the Kaf Sofit is going to extend down lower than the Leish. And so how to distinguish, and of course, it's going to be at the end of a word. Um, so how to distinguish those is the first thing. Is, it, is at the end of a let word. And if so, does that tail stick down below the rest of the character? We've got a cops of feet instead of a leash. And so that is the dalet. So pictographic meaning we talked about is door. Um, related to this is the concept of lintels. So, you know, actual beams that hold up the doorway in a modern door. Um, the idea of an entrance, a gate, or a threshold, all of these are very clearly related. Um, and what do we do with a door? We enter in. It, we move through it, we pass through it. Um, and so all of those concepts are embedded in the Dalet. Um, and so it's interesting because where did Israelites put the blood? They put it on the lentils for the Passover, right? So all of these concepts are inherent to this idea of an entrance, entering in, entering into the covenant, passing through, moving, entering the threshold, the lentils, right? So I've given you some words over here to your, um, all the way to the far right here. Um, and so we have the word door itself, which is delet. We have the word inhabit. Inhabit, um, dal, is literally to like, to dwell or inhabit or reside in a place. Um, and so that's significant. Um, dolek is again, a little bit related here. All of these concepts um, to step or to walk. Dolek or, or a way or a path is a delet. Um, Dabel is uh, to speak or Dibar, Dibar. Um, and so that word, that's, this is the imperative form that we see here. And uh, that word is actually, you know, the, the title of the book of Deuteronomy is Dabalim, the words. Um, and so again, entering into that covenant is all embedded in there. And we have the word Dochef, uh, notice that Het, and then we have that final P, we've learned that, so keep an eye for that. You see that final P, the little curly Q with the tail? Dochef, not Dochef, because there's no little dot inside. Um, and that means to push, to actually like exert effort and, and energy and inertia in a direction. Um, and so that same kind of concept is there embedded. Dochef means to stab, right? To actually enter into a animal or something that you're stabbing, right? So all of these concepts are embedded in the dialect and you can see how it lends its meaning into the word that it, the words that it appears in. Oops, where did we go? There we go. Come on. Wheel of death. <laughs> the next letter is Leish. Leish um, in the Paleo Hebrew, it looks pretty cut and dry, doesn't it? It's very clearly ahead. It's one of the most clear um, characters probably in the Proto or Paleo Hebrew. Um, it's the guy's head from the side view, right? 
Um, and so then as we're moving down in the Isaiah scroll, it starts to resemble more like what we see in the modern form. And then all the way down to the bottom, I actually got a little typo there. It put that, um, so I guess that would be, now this is a good practice. We have talked about the difference between in the introduction, especially the Dagesh Kal and the Dagesh Kazak, the strong Dagesh and the weak Dagesh. The weak Dagesh is telling us, and it's a little counterintuitive at first to be like, okay, the weak Dagesh tells us to make the plosive sound, which we think like is a strong sound, but it's not as strong as doubling a consonant, right? So um, for instance, we have the difference between vet and vet, and then if we were doing bubba, which we wouldn't, we don't really, we would actually write that letter twice rather than doubling it. And that goes back to it being a Bagad Kapat. So since this is not one of the Bagad Kapat letters and we see the dot in it, this would tell us that we would actually double the resh, right? So this would actually be a lava <laughs> if you saw that dot there. Um, the resh is a subtle sound. It's quite unlike the hard English R. So that's the reason why I transliterated it um, in your lesson sounds box as an RH. I want to re remind you that when you make that sound, you're making that uh, sound. Just a minute. All right. So um, the meaning of it is head, and just like in English, we have this concept of head being also um, a sort of a abstract concept, like the head, the first, right, the firstborn, the prince, the leader, um, a, a person that's very a person itself. Glaish can connotate like a person because humanity is like first in terms of like being having stewardship over all the animals in the garden. Um, the chief, the highest, right? And all of these concepts, now you can tie this back together. We had Dalet, which is the door, and we have Leitch, which is the head. So that's why I titled this lesson, The Prince Enters In, right? So um, we have, of course, these words all the way over to, oh, excuse me, the numeric value is 200. This is where we start to get into the hundreds as we get toward the end of the Elifet. And the Sophie forms also have numeric values, um, but we're not gonna deal with those until later on when we're studying numbers a little more in depth. Um, but again, I would just want to remind you that they are a numeral um, that in and of itself, it means 200. So if we had 202, we would have this leish, and then we would have the bait, which is actually stein, <laughs> but the same character as the bait, um, and that would be 202, right? So all the way over to the right, we'll look at some words that contain this letter or start with this letter, walsh, which means head, literally your head, your walsh. It also can mean, just like in English, a leader, the head of state, the head of whatever, head of the household, right? Love, which means great. And love is an interesting word because a lot of people, you see that soft bet, that soft bet, which is the the sound. But when we say rabbi, we say in English rabbi, rabbi, right? This is actually from that same root, great, great one. They're saying like my great one, the, the E on the end being the construct form or applying it to yourself, my great one or our great one. Um, by the same connotation, it's like multiplicity, like the multiplication, many great myriads, right? Um, Levon is ruler. Another word, Levon, Lav, um, Walsh, all of these words can, can be applied to ruler or a great one. Um, and the last word I put there is Libed, 
Libed, and you see I put the dot in there, the little dagesh call, so I know it's a closest sound, Libed, not Rived. And that means to cover, right? To put something on top of something else, it's specifically like in terms of like layering something, right? Putting layers on layers. Um, so you see how that idea of the leish, the top, the covering is even applicable in that word. All right. So that is our short and sweet lesson for today. I'm going to stop sharing and open it up for some Q&A here. And yeah, we're good to go. Could you tell me oh. how, did, how did you spell cover and uh, how did you spell it? R-E-I or... So it's it's leish yod bet dalet rived rived. Yeah, no, it's it's a b. The bet. Okay. Leish. Like if you transliterated it, it would be r i b e d rived rived. Rived rived. And for those of you who are less familiar, transliteration is when we take English letters and we phonetically sound out what the word would sound like. So just what I did for Anna there, where I would say, if I how do you spell it in Hebrew? Leish yod bet dalet, right? And the eh between the bet and the dalet would be supplied by the sigil, the the recode. Um, but um, in English, if we're trying to transliterate it to make it easier, which I recommend you stay away from by um, <laughs> by the way, because it is a crutch that could be useful, um, but it also can limit you from learning to think and spell and read in the Hebrew. Um, but it's when you take English letters, so in this case, R-I-B-E-D, and you spell out the phonetic sound. It can be very helpful when you're really trying to get a pronunciation down, but on the other hand, um, if you can really force yourself to use the Hebrew and the, the Nikodot, you'll be even stronger and you'll be gaining skills as you do that. So a little struggle in the short run is good in the long run. Other questions, comments? Yes, I have a question too. Now that I know that Dalit means the lentil, it's like I'm seeing the picture of the when the lentil was broken down, the door, Oh my goodness. That's a good point. That is a good point. There's, you know, and, and like I said, with the Passover and the lentil and the blood and entering the covenant, there's like all of these ways that, you know, and where do we write the, where are we commanded to write the um, commandments on the lentils of our doors, right? On our doorposts. So, and on the lentils. So um, there is a significance of entering in and the threshold and covenant and door that all tie together. Anja. Who's up? Oh, oh, there you are. Hey, on lesson three, on the het, how you pronounce the Y, um, looks like, the, like the yod with the dot, how you pronounce that? Okay, let's look at it together. Um, we're looking at, like, if you have a het with a yod after it? Well, okay, on lesson three, you get the lesson sounds. Okay, like Yahoo, and then the Y for Yod, then it's got the Yod with the dot. Do you see it? Ah, Kai. Kai. Um, so whenever you have that dot, okay, let's go back here. Whenever you have that dot and it's not one of the God Pathat letters, you double the consonant. 
So yod is a funny one to do it with because um, how do you do a double yeah, 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 right? Yeah. Um, and it really, because it's uh, playing that part of that E, it's doing that yod inflected. Uh, where, okay, it's not in the yod. It's lesson, th lesson three. <laughs> okay, getting back here. Uh, okay. Okay, so yeah, like this one, kayim, right? The, the yod ends the syllable that starts with the het. So you have kai, and then you have it starting the yim, kayim. Chaim, and we just blend it together. Chaim, and if you can't say the chet, remember, just say Chaim. That works. Chaim, and okay. then the first word is Chai, right? Living. Um, and then the second word there in the middle, same thing. Chai, and then we have the ah, and the ah belongs to the second. You look at that yod with the dot as if it were two yods. Okay. Okay. So it's like chet yod yod tav. But since you have the patak, you have a little flat line under the yod. It only is um, added to the second vowel. The first vowel is just uh, the ending of the first syllable. So the first syllable would be chai, right? Chai, yeah. and then yat, chayat. Chayat. Okay. And then that bot, that last word is the real tricky one. And I put a little note there. Normally we always pronounce the vowel sound after the consonant, but with the het and the um, patak, or sometimes kamats, but usually always patak under it, that ah sound under the het, it doesn't say ha, it doesn't say ru ha, it says ru ah. It actually inserts itself before the het and you end with that guttural het. Yeah. So, and there's a very few other instances where that happens, but it's almost always only with that het ending like that. Okay. Thank you. No problem. Any other questions while we're here in the workbook on lessons or typographical corrections? I really appreciate, by, by the way, don't ever feel like shy to be like, you know, she spelled that with a race instead of a dalet. I wonder if she knows. Of course I make typos. You make them in English, right? So. Um, and sometimes I just make genuine mistakes and I'm not shy to admit that I'm not perfect, um, but I want to be, be better. So if there's mistakes, um, typographical errors, questions, things that seem off, missing words, um, please bring it to my attention and don't feel shy. I'm going to give you extra credit for that. <laughs> I have some feedback, um, actually a testimonial. So our last class uh it was the living words class right last week um and you talked about the dna and yod hey vav hey the numbers and the strands and whatever and that just blew me away and i took it to work i work in a retail store and i have a co-worker from puerto rico and she is learning english she's been in the country in the US less than a year, but she's doing very well. And um, we actually bonded a week beforehand because I've been memorizing the Psalms before I knew I was gonna be part of this group. Like I didn't know what this music group was. I just knew it was a music thing. So um, I had already been memorizing the Psalms just to put good in and keep the bad out because I work with other people and etc. And so she and I, I had asked her um, if she 
knows the 23rd Psalm and she recited it in Spanish and we were weeping in the fitting room together. Um, anyways, so I, I got to share with her later on Friday, I shared with her what I learned about yod Hey vav Hey and the numbers and, and that each one of those letters means has meanings and then the DNA structure and, and the bonds and all this. And, and we just sat speechless for like a minute, just looking at each other like, wow. And um, just being part of this has been really incredible for me. Uh, just the whole, um, I'm, I've been studying Spanish for a long time and this is coming so much faster to me than, than Spanish ever did. And um, I don't know if it's because I have another language under my belt already or what, but the, the richness, the depth and the Yahovah in it is so powerful. And I, I called my dad just to let him know, Hey, thanks for getting me involved in this. And, um, and he says, so what do you think? And I said, I don't feel like I belong to this world anymore. Well, you don't. That's great news. And it is, it's, it is, it's, I, I feel like I'm walking through life in a dream state somewhat um, because there's just That's so it. that have come out of this work, the Psalms project, teaching people Hebrew. Um, and, and, you know, like when I set out, Rebecca, I had a lot of people try to discourage me and be like, you know, you have, you don't, you're not a native Israeli and, and you haven't gone to school for this and you're not qualified. And I was like, you know what? That's okay. Yehovah will meet me where I am and I can give what little bit I've learned and really the most the biggest goal I have guys is to inspire a love and a passion for Hebrew and it sounds like I'm succeeding Yehovah is succeeding through me with with a little bit of help from me being a vessel um in that endeavor so I you know it it, it does mean a lot to me to hear your guys' testimony because there's a lot of work that I put into this and I'm happy to do that as long as people are being blessed um and I and I want it to be blessing to you and to other people because it's been a blessing to me and I will say, I think if anything, having another language actually handicaps you in a certain way. Um, because for example, when I was in Israel and I was trying to talk in Hebrew, which talking in conversational Hebrew and knowing how to read and decipher biblical Hebrew are totally worlds apart. I mean, that was one big reality check for me. Like, oh, I thought I know how you write deep Hebrew. I got to, you know, Israel, I don't know how to say toilet paper. Um, but, you know, it's, it's, it's humbling. And it's also, it's, it's challenging because as I would be looking for a word, I would have a Spanish word come to mind, but actually that turned out in its own way to be a blessing. There was a point at which my mother had lost her passport and I called, I think it was the Mount of Beatitudes where she lost it. Um, or actually it turned out it was probably in the middle of Tiberias. But anyway, we thought maybe she had left it there at the last place we had visited. Um, and so I called the office of the Mount of Beatitudes and I started to ask her, and the only word I knew was where, and it was like, um, I don't know, passport. Oh, I know Ima, like I know my mother. <laughs> it's like my Ima's passport, you know? Anyway, and it was like, it was this really confusing. And then I just like instinctively started filling in in Spanish without even realizing what I was doing. And this guy just starts rattling off Spanish back to me. He was a Shepard Dijou who has like Spanish as his first language really. And Hebrew was the second having emigrated to Israel. 
And so then we had this great conversation in Spanish and my Spanish is far from perfect either, but it, I know much more to get along conversationally in Spanish. Um, so, but I, I say it's a handicap in that, unless you happen to come upon a Sephardi Jewish person who you're trying to communicate with, who knows more Spanish than, than Hebrew anyway too. Um, it, it's like your mind is looking for a, a word and it fills in a word that it knows and it's a Spanish word and you're like, no, it doesn't belong there. Um, so, you know, but I, I believe and this is just my personal experience. I believe that in these last days, there are those of us who are called to the things that Yehovah delights in and other people, like you could have another person taking this class and they would get nothing from it. They'd be like, okay, this isn't really doing it for me. And it's because they're not, they, they don't have that anointing, that calling to like seek after his things. They maybe just were taking it because they want to travel to Israel or they at some other reason, maybe who knows, um, that they thought they wanted to take it. So I really do think, you know, even with the Psalms project, which is very much tied into the work I'm doing, um, you know, there's certain people like this guy handmade this heart in, in belief. And it's this crazy, miraculous testimony of how it came into my hands, but like the only more or less the only harp in this entire country. And it just gets like dropped in my lap. And this guy hand makes them and he's a believer and he's keeps Shabbat and and I'm like, okay, and I'm working out this music and I'm like, I need to ask this guy. And then I, I had this epiphany moment where I realized what I thought was the vocal melody based on Suzanne's work was actually the harp melody. And I was like, oh, wait a minute. This is the harp. This is, this is the music for the harp to play. And then it made it so much more sense. But I was like, I'm very new on my harp. I've only just learned. And as I'm finding out, I, had one of, I have one of the hardest to learn <laughs> forms of a harp, which is a cross-strung harp which is a lot more versatile. You can play all the notes, just like the black and the white keys on a, on a, key, on a keyboard or a piano, but it makes it much more difficult because it's, it's um, that the upper set of strings and the lower set of strings and they cross in between. So the ones that are up over here are down over here and up over here, down over there. So it's, anyway, it's confusing. Um, so anyway, I'm just starting to be able to learn to play it and let alone compose on it. And so it's like, I need to ask this guy for help. And I talked to him and I was like, hey, you know, and this music and I played him a little piece. And I was like, this is so exciting. We're finding it in the Hebrew scriptures. He's like, he's from Australia. He's like, well, but I don't know where we made that. Oh, we've got good gospel music, haven't we? Plenty of good gospel music these days. I'm like, um, these are the melodies of the scriptures from ancient times. <laughs> how can like how can this even compare with modern gospel music to me it's like night and day you know i mean praise is praise with regards to the language or the context but like this is just like it's like you were like given the opportunity to like learn the original melodies that bach wrote and you're like well we've got you know eminem and i don't know i'm not that up on the uh new modern hip-hop people but it's like the comparison is like yeah that's music too but not like that <laughs> so anyway my theory is that that people who are feeling called to this are feeling called to this for a much higher purpose and you will probably be working with this translation project the psalms project certainly um and doing things that are just going to continue to blow your mind like it just at every level at every turn i'm like wow it just gets better and better and better and better and better that said there is a lot of if you're doing anything worthwhile you're gonna suffer persecution you're gonna have satan things slinging his arrows at you and that's why i keep giving people you're gonna be blessed but you're also especially those of you who are involved in the psalms project 
don't think that Satan's not trying his best to subvert the work that we're doing. Um, and sometimes in some very surprising ways, I've been blown away by the ways he's interceded, tried to intercede, but no weapon formed against us shall prosper because we have Yeshua HaMashiach as our general, we have Yehovah as our chief, king of kings. And so uh, he's, he's just going to be on the losing end of this one, but it is, it's, it's a blessing and I'm glad you found us. I'm glad your dad found us. Amen. Aja. Thank you. Yes. I I don't know if you've ever read um, the book called The Seer Dimensions. And she had a dream in here, an interpretation. And I thought, oh, my gosh, this is Teen Jones. This is what she said. She said, I saw an elderly man walking circumspectly on a path. And he was holding a magnifying glass. He looked something like an investigator in the Victorian era of Great Britain. But by the spirit, I knew he was more ancient. He was looking at scrolls. He picked up a scroll, focused in with his magnifying glass and put it away and kept walking. He did this over and over. And as he was looking for something in particular and would know when he found it, she says, oh, wait a minute, wait till I find the interpretation. These books of mysteries contain revelation angels along to look into um, 1 Peter 1 12. Okay. On the pages of these scrolls were mysteries of blood and mysteries of angelic forces of God who unlocked the mystic seers and sages in the church, which were passed along verbally. Others were recording in writings long since lost. The Lord is waiting for a new generation to pass in to unearth and uncover these revelations i heard the lord say who will walk through the open veil who will investigate the books and the scrolls of past generations and lock the ancient revelations for present day who will pay the price to see who will clear out the eyes of the world's images and see heavenly images there's a to pay to see into the deep things of God. And I'm thinking, what? What have King Jones has been doing? Isn't this something? I just like, I was at all when I read this. I thought, oh, I've got to share this with you guys. You know? Thank you. Thank you. What was the name of that book? It's called The, the, the Fear Dimensions. Can you see it? Okay. It's by Jennifer LeClaire. Okay. Wow. Well, I've never heard of her, but I'm going to have to look into that now. Um, Wow. That's beautiful. And and I don't know how many times you said the word mysteries and revelation there, but for those who are on these translation projects, we know that that is the key. This book is called Hasidot, the secret, the mysteries. We say revelation, but... It's only a revelation when we start to understand the secrets. So it's yep. definitely, it's been a tremendous blessing. And it's and it's not without price, just like she said in that book. You know, there's a price to pay for being the ones unlocking those things. You do, um, you get a lot of flack. But I always think that that's like a good sign that says that, you know, we're doing something worthwhile or Satan wouldn't waste his ammunition on us, right? Amen. 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 Anna, I love you. Bless you. Safe in the snow. She left a while ago, maybe. <laughs> Hope you're being safe. Yeah. Um, Leonard's asking if you would type in the title and author. Him. In the chat. 
in the chat. Eugene is um is uncharacteristically quiet this evening. Well, I'm learning. I don't talk when I'm learning. You can't learn if you're yakking. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta learn something too. No, it's great to see you. I'm so glad you're finally able to take part in this. I know you've been waiting and waiting for this course to launch. So I'm really glad to see you here, brother. Well, every night at the time it's your class, I've had an emergency and different things. You talk about Hasatan wanting to stop us. And then I live, it's a 120 mile drive for me to go into town. And wow. that's round trip, you know, but the thing is, I don't have a printer. So I have to drive into town to print the workbook and I haven't had gas to get to town. So I haven't been able to print up anything. It's just one thing after 10, but that's okay. I don't give up. <laughs> listen, listen, let me tell you something. Even if you don't have the workbooks, with my first round of classes, I didn't have any fancy workbooks. I told my students they need three materials. They need an interlinear Bible, and that's more for the later part when we get into reading. Right now, all you need to start this level one part is a graph paper notebook. If you can get a graph paper notebook, you practice writing the alphabet out from right to left across the page. Every day, at least a few times a day. And as you're doing it, either chant to yourself or use those videos that I have the links for to help you feel those you know, names in. And, um, and then copy the, the, the worksheets that are there. You can just copy that. I mean, you don't have to have the fancy worksheets are nice, but if you just have the notebook, don't let Satan hold you back with that. There's, you know, that's, that's all I learned with. I didn't have any fancy workbooks. I just had a graph paper notebook, an interlinear Bible, a strong importance, and it's enough. That was it. And well, I've got graph paper, so I can do that. It's just that with the snow and winter and me being in Missouri, I didn't get everything I needed for winter. So I've had to be working because I live off grid, but that's okay. I'm overcoming and I will do it and I will persist. I'm Amen. slow, but I get there. <laughs> Amen. Well, slow and steady. Remember, Yeshua said, not hastily, the way of righteousness, right? So, Father, exactly. I'm going to go ahead and close out, guys. I've got to get to dinner now. I'm being pale, and it smells delicious. Got fried fish. Um, so, Father, we just thank you. We thank you for another learning session together. We thank you that our internet worked well. Um, we ask that any challenges that continue to present themselves with this technology, that you would just give us the resources just like you gave Yeshua a way to always find a way around the snares that they tried to lay for him, that you would just give us the resources we need to get out and around those problems and get ahead of them. And we trust you to supply everything we need to do this course, to promote our learning and to bless us in the course of this. Father, we ask your protection over each and every one in this group. We proclaim the blood of Yeshua to protect these people and these projects from all the fiery darts and slings and arrows that Satan has planned and continues to try to sling in our direction, that they would fall completely harmlessly at our feet, Father, as they would be turned around and boomerang right back where they came from, because we know that we are doing your work, and we know that we are doing this for your glory and for no other reason. In your holy name, Yehovah, and in the name of Yeshua HaMashiach, we pray all these things. Amen, 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 and amen. 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 Amen.
Shalom, Kareem. Leonard and Beth, I'll be in touch about those books. We'll get those ordered for you here.